When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I want to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able... Place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just $28, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of 1000 2000 20000 All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today. To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict. It is news that many did not see coming. A special prosecutor, not for Donald Trump, but for the president of the United States of America. It's verdict with Senator Ted Cruz. Senator, nice to be with you in studio today. You and I were just sitting outside watching this big announcement. And before I play Garland and what he had to say, on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you that he came out and said, there's a special prosecutor for a sitting president. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, Garland had to do this. He was backed into the corner. The instant they found yet more documents, first at the Penn Center, then in the garage, you know, by the Corvette. I don't know if they're like under the spare tire or where exactly <laughs> they were. And, and then we discovered, oops, we found a third bunch of documents at the residence somewhere. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, in the cloak closet, stuffed into his shoes. It's not clear. Garland is miserable doing this, but he had no choice. It was like watching a hostage video. I mean, his face yes. was, oh, my gosh. Yes. I can't believe what I'm even having to read on national TV. This announcement is a big damn deal. This makes the Biden DOJ's efforts to go after Donald J. Trump a billion times harder and a billion times more complicated. They are going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. Well, 
Let's watch Merrick Garland and you can I, see I want to play that. And before we get to that, I want to say thank you to Patriot Mobile, our sponsor. If you've not checked out Patriot Mobile, check them out. Patriot Mobile is the only conservative Christian cell phone company in the U.S. And every time you pay your bill, you're actually supporting the causes that you believe in. If you haven't looked at what they offer, it's an amazing company where you get to keep your same cell phone number. Many times you can keep your same cell phone. And they have the same towers that you're currently using. So the same coverage that you're using right now. So check out Patriot Mobile. Use the promo code VERDICT. Go to patriotmobile.com slash verdict and stand up for what you believe in so every time you use your phone you're making a difference you can also call them 972 patriot that's 972 patriot or patriotmobile.com slash verdict center as you mentioned a moment ago take a listen for everybody out there this is uh, i call it the garland hostage video <laughs> when announcing a special prosecutor to look into the sitting president of the united states of america earlier today I, si I signed an order appointing Robert Herr a special counsel for the matter I've just described. The document authorizes him to investigate whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with this matter. The special counsel will not be subject to the day-to-day -day supervision of any official of the department, but he must comply with the regulations, procedures, and policies of the department. Mr. Herr has a long and distinguished career as a prosecutor. In 2003, he joined the department's criminal division, where he worked on counterterrorism, corporate fraud, and appellate matters. From 2007 until 2014, Mr. Herr served as an assistant U.S. attorney for the District of Maryland, where he prosecuted matters ranging from violent crime to financial fraud. In 2017, Mr. Herr rejoined the department as the principal associate deputy attorney general. In 2018, he was nominated and confirmed to serve as a U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland. As U.S. Attorney, he supervised some of the department's more important national security, public corruption, and other high-profile matters. I will ensure that Mr. Herr receives all the resources he needs to conduct his work. As I have said before, I strongly believe that the normal processes of this department can handle all investigations with integrity. But under the regulations, the extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter. This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters and to making decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. I am confident that Mr. Herr will carry out his responsibility in an even-handed and urgent manner and in accordance with the highest traditions of this department. Thank you all. Have you ever spoken to the president about this investigation, sir? No questions. He walked out of there as fast as he could. You see him say it this way. You can tell he's like, I've lost control. I can't protect Joe Biden now. And if you look at a special prosecutor, they're going to dig, and people are going to ask you this question, so I'm going to ask it. Who is this special prosecutor? What do we know about him? Is he part of the swamp, or is he a guy that may actually do the job the right way? So let me say a couple of things. For the folks who are watching this on YouTube, and this is one of our video episodes, you were able to watch that. You were able to actually see uh, Merrick Garland, see the absolute pain and agony. For the folks who are listening to this in audio, 
Uh, I can just convey to you that I'm pretty sure the whole time Merrick Garland was actually blinking SOS. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, 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 and just just take my word for it, that visual cue is there. You know, it's striking at the end of that clip. He's asked a question. One question from a reporter. Have you talked to Joe Biden about this? And Merrick Garland turns, yeah. walks away. We don't answer no stinking questions at the Department of Justice. No interest in accountability. No interest in, in – that's a pretty important question. What conversation have you had with Joe Biden about this? Unwilling to answer it. Who is Robert Hur? I don't know. I suspect we're going to hear a lot of discussion about that in the next several days coming forward, the next several weeks coming forward. I've met him. I don't know him well. Uh, he was a former clerk to Chief Justice William Rehnquist, as was I. He clerked, I think, six years after I did. So we didn't overlap. But the world of clerks is a pretty small, little, incestuous world. Uh, before that, he clerked for Alex Kaczynski, who was a judge on the Ninth Circuit, um, was at the time one of the top conservative appellate judges in the country. Um, those are good signs. Most people who clerked for Kaczynski and Rehnquist— Not liberal. Are right of center, not a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, Rehnquist. There are Rehnquist clerks who are left of center, but most people, if you're Kaczynski, Rehnquist, are right of center. Um, he's been a prosecutor much of his career, a prosecutor or a lawyer in private practice. I will say, one huge red flag at the outset is Robert Hur was Rod Rosenstein's right hand. And for people that forget Rod Rosenstein and how much of a, a figure he has been over the last several years, explain that. So let's walk through who was Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein was the deputy attorney general under Donald Trump when Jeff Sessions became attorney general. Uh, that appointment, and Trump appointed Rod Rosenstein, that appointment was a tragic mistake that visited enormous grief on the Trump White House and the Trump presidency. Rod Rosenstein had been the U.S. attorney under Barack Obama for the state of Maryland. He was the top prosecutor for the Department of Justice in Maryland in the Obama DOJ. Uh, look, Rod is not a, a, a left winger. Right. Um, but he's a company man. He's a DOJ company man. And if you look at how the Department of Justice operates, all right, so number one, like mo most places in Washington, there's an alphabet soup. Um, so the AG is at the top. The number two official in the Department of Justice is the deputy AG. And in the acronym world, that's called the DAG. The DAG is essentially, and everyone calls him the DAG. Uh, the DAG is essentially the chief operating officer of the agency. So the DAG runs DOJ, day-to-day -day runs it. And the way the DAG does that is the DAG has a series of lawyers reporting to him who are what are called ADAGs, which are Associate Deputy Attorneys General. I was an ADAG in the George W. Bush Department of Justice. I was an Associate Deputy Attorney General, and each of the ADAGs is responsible for helping the DAG run the Department of Justice. Now, you have multiple ADAGs, and then you have one, this is where Washington really does get ridiculous, one who is the principal associate deputy attorney general, who's known as the PADAG. 
You can't make this up, by it, the way. It, it, I, I'm not. I'm really. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, it's That's just, the it, amazing. Well, only in Washington could this actually make sense to people. So, when Rod Rosenstein was the DAG, he appointed as his pay DAG, in other words, as his principal guy, his right hand, Robert Hur. Now, Rod Rosenstein is the one you'll remember. Jeff Sessions early on recused himself from the Russia investigation. So Rod Rosenstein was responsible for that absolute garbage cluster. Yeah, of, of an investigation. It, it was, look, as listeners of this pod know, I, I, my last book, Justice Corrupted. By the way, if you haven't bought Justice Corrupted, go buy Justice Corrupted. There's an entire chapter that will walk you through what Rod Rosenstein did with the Russia investi- investigation, with the corruption, with the disaster. Rod Rosenstein is the one who appointed Robert Mueller. You want to talk about appointing special counsels. Rod Rosenstein is the one who appointed Robert Mueller, started the whole Russia fiasco to begin with. And Robert Hur was, was Rosenstein's right hand. Now, about a year into it, Hur uh, got appointed U.S. attorney for Maryland. Uh, the job Rosenstein had left. And so he succeeded him and took over as U.S. attorney. What I don't know, and, and we'll, this will come out in the next few days, is how involved her was in the whole Russia, Russia disaster, thing. in the Steele dossier, in in the wiretaps and surveilling President Trump. I don't know his involvement or not. But we're going to find that we're out. We're going to find out, and it's going to matter a lot. The fact that he was Rosenstein's right hand is not an encouraging sign. I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a preborn baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn, because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. That doubles a baby's chances at life. And by six weeks, the eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb. And for just $28, you could be the difference between life or death of a child. All gifts are tax deductible, and I want you to donate. All you have to do is just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, keyword baby. You can also donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict or pound 250 and say the keyword baby. Hey, Ben Ferguson here. And if you're an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be a part of your investment portfolio. I want you to visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns when you invest with Labrador Energy, you have access to potential tax benefits, and you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. 
Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Labrador's core executive team has more than 190 years of combined oil and gas experience and has drilled thousands of oil and gas wells. They are dedicated to mitigating risk while providing accredited investors with sound returns. So visit LabradorEnergy.com. American Energy Independence is crucial for our national security and future prosperity. And Labrador Energy is leading the charge to make that a reality. Invest in U.S. oil and gas today. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. Let's talk about the documents. There's two timelines that I think are extremely important. One, the timeline of how many years these documents were not in a secure location. If you look at the timeline of when the Penn Center was even created, there are gaps of years where these documents had to be in other places. Uh, I've talked to people that have said they think these documents could have been separated, some going to his house, to his garage, some going to the Penn Center. They could have been separated multiple times. They could have been also moved multiple times, and I doubt that it was attorneys that were hired every time to move these documents that he didn't know he had, even though they claimed even this last week, which I think is still absurd, oh, my attorneys were packing up my office. Attorneys are not traditionally moving companies, but if they were, how many other times did they move these documents? The second timeline is, how long did he have these documents from, from, from the beginning? Not just that, but also, when did everybody know about this? And it was before Election Day, and there wasn't a single leak on this before the midterms. Yeah, so the timeline, uh, they've laid out some of the timeline. We'll find out if that timeline is real or not. We don't know right now. But what they are admitting, they claim they first found uh, the, these documents uh, on November 2nd. Now, November 2nd, if you look at a calendar, is before November 8th, which was Election Day. Now, do you think it might have been a problem if when they found them on November 2nd, they had admitted they found them on November 2nd? Sure. There's a reason they didn't tell anyone until after Election Day, because it let the press just focus on and attack Donald Trump. Donald Trump, this is terrible. Look, Biden, how could you be so irresponsible? He, you know... Everyone knows you would never leave. In fact, we have one of those Biden clips to remind people. Take a listen. Look at this. This is Biden grandstanding, and this is going to come back to haunt him, I think, for probably the next two years of his presidency at bare minimum. Take a look at this. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Now, you look at that. Before, before <laughs> I get your response, okay, let's look at the last question he answered today. On this, where he was asked, like, how could you be so stupid, Mr. President, to have documents literally in your garage? Here it is. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, 
people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your garage, Look, man. Ben, all I got to say is karma's a bitch. Yeah. Like, the Democrats and the press have been grandstanding, have been ridiculing Donald Trump, have been going after him like crazy. At this point, it appears Biden just keeps finding classified documents, first in the Penn Center, then in the garage, uh, next to the Corvette. By the way, they also said not just in the garage, they said, and in the room adjoining the garage. They haven't said what room that is. Now, look, most houses I've been in, what is the room adjoining the garage? A bathroom? Yeah. Maybe the washing machine room? Or an outside storage room with outside entry that's not exactly secure? Uh, like, I don't know what it is, but I think they don't want to say what it is because, like, the, the other room— It's almost room, like the, ba the basement bathroom server, right, it, it, for Hillary. It, it, it is. Maybe that's what's there. Maybe she, he's got Hillary servers. I don't know. That, that, there, there's some speculation. <laughs> Look, and then Merrick Garland said, oh, yeah, and they found something else. Like, they didn't say where. I don't know if it's, like, you know, under his pillow. He sleeps snuggling it. Now, I got to say, it's a little bit weird— and to be honest, it's weird that Trump has these documents, too. I'm, I'm not now. I will say past presidents, all of them have had disputes with the archives over their papers. Yes. They want it for the presidential library. Right. They want it for their story. They want it for their time in office to show their accomplishments. I get that. But the, to be clear, so people understand this, the vice president cannot declassify anything while they're in he, office. He has zero authority to declassify anything. And, and listen, I, I have— Served in the Senate. I've never served as president or vice president, although I tried damn hard, but I haven't. You know, Joe Biden spent 40 years in the Senate. I can tell you in the Senate, there is a 0.0% chance that I have a classified document anywhere because I've never taken a classified document out of the skiff. Like in the Senate, the only place you handle classified documents is in the secure room in the basement of the Senate. And if people missed our last podcast, you talked about the SCIF. We talked about the the rules and the regulations and the protections of classified documents so that things like this literally yep. don't happen. Go back and listen to that because you explained how it works for senators, how it works for people that have top secret clearance, how it works for people that work in our government. And, and having them in your garage is never an appropriate location. Well, look, when I was at the Department of Justice... Um, as an associate deputy attorney general, I had a safe in my office, a big safe that when I had classified documents there, you would put in the safe and you would lock the safe. Um, the executive branch, you encounter more classified documents. So it's less surprising with presidents. It's interesting that Biden as vice president, seems to have these classified documents laying around everywhere. One of the leaks said that these documents dealt with Ukraine. Some of these did. One of the leaks said also ran and possibly China. There's a lot of money that came in from anonymous donors to the Biden-Penn Center. Forty-plus million dollars were being Funded told. by communist China. Right. So, oh, good, you and got I, the docs and, and, on China in the place funded by the Chinese. That's right. a good idea. Yeah, and, and a place that, let's be clear so people understand, it was not considered a secure location. 
He, he also obviously went off script. I'm sure his staff is furious. And he said, well, it's where my Corvette is, and it's locked <laughs> in my garage. Like, hey, that's a Biden vault here. Everybody calm down. But when he, I mean, this is not a secure location, especially before he became the president again. Like, there's still people around his house in Delaware now that because he's the president. But in this time, this I was telling the two time frames. There was years here where he had no Secret Service protection, no protection at all. Vice presidents don't get protection afterwards. Usually they're pretty much on their own afterwards. He was gone from this this residency in Delaware, which means there was no one watching these documents. Well, but it was by his Corvette. That's true. So that's and, safe. And, and I do hope we actually find out where exactly in, in the garage, like just in a pile of... Well, papers. even as they showed a campaign ad, and and now people are zooming in, and there's a little pile of documents. You can see papers in these in these bags next to where his Corvette is when he's pulling the Corvette out of his garage and back in for some campaign, you know, purpose he had back in. I think it said 2019. So I also got to say, why are they in his garage with his Corvette? Look, I, I I've read lots of classified documents. I've never seen one this, that I've said. I want to take this home. Now, I'm not Sandy Berger. I've never stuffed documents down my pants. So I, I don't understand how Democrats deal with this. But I don't know why these documents were so special to him that he apparently is hiding them throughout his house. Now, listen, let's set aside. We'll see what this special counsel does. This is going to complicate Joe Biden's life. But the person how, how much is it going to complicate it? I mean, is this is this one of those where your agenda gets derailed and this could get nasty because it could connect you as the big guy and and these documents? Because if these documents that he kept dealt with financial issues or things or uh, decisions by our government that could have a positive impact on his son's financial dealings in Ukraine, Burisma, China. And other financial things. Some of these documents could have dealt with those issues. And, and if they did, the world of trouble gets vastly larger. Now, look, we have no evidence, no indication right now of what's in those documents other than people have leaked that they concerned uh, Iran and the UK and, and Ukraine. If they concerned Hunter Biden and Burisma. Business deals in Ukraine. The whole world changes. If they were documents that that, that are relevant to questions of official corruption by Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. That's a big deal, but we have no indication of that now. So so it's that would change the situation pretty dramatically. Some of this is going to depend on Robert Hur and and if he is a straightforward by the book prosecutor or if he is part of the deep state that that manufactured the Russia case against Donald Trump in the most corrupt way imaginable. If he goes in and his approach to this, look, the Biden Department of Justice, I talk about this in the book Justice Corrupted, they appointed a, a special counsel to look at Lois Lerner. Yeah. And that special counsel was a big Democrat donor who promptly said nothing to see here, all fine. It is possible that this appointment is entirely about optics and his job is just you know, say, well, he screwed up, but he didn't mean to, and everything's fine, never mind. That's possible. It's also possible, look, anytime you have a special counsel that has the potential to balloon and get bigger and bigger and bigger. Bill Clinton learned that. Donald Trump learned that. There's a long history of special counsels of their jurisdictions growing. Um, and so, if that happens, that would be a big deal. But even if none of that happens... 
this has dramatically complicated Merrick Garland's life. It's dramatically complicated. We've talked on this podcast at length. I believe Merrick Garland wants to criminally charge Donald Trump. Yeah. Does that take this off the table in essence now? Well, we talked before about the reason they leaked that they were going to uh, prosecute Hunter Biden. Now, remember, they want, that what they've leaked is they want to prosecute Hunter Biden on his personal crimes that only implicate him and don't implicate his dad. And you and I have talked about that. I think they want to do that as political cover to say, see, we prosecute Hunter Biden. We prosecute Donald Trump. Aren't we even handed? This just changed that whole chessboard because it ain't complicated that yeah. if both Trump and Biden have classified docs and suddenly the Biden DOJ says we're prosecuting Trump but not Biden, even the lapdogs in the corporate media, like that question you can't refrain from asking. And so it, it, it's why Merrick Garland looks so miserable because he's looking down the road and his plan of what he thought he was going to do just got screwed up. I, and I don't know where this goes. I mean, it really is. And by the way, at this point, it seems every day Biden keeps finding more classified documents. This so, may not be the end of it. It may not be the end. It, it, it has dribbled out. Now, it's worth underscoring. Joe Biden and or his team knew about this six days before Election Day. They hid it from the American people. They deliberately hid it for the American people. Now, do I know if Joe Biden knew personally? No. But they're one of two scenarios. One, he knew, which is probably the case. Sure. Or two, if he didn't know, the only reason he wouldn't know is if his team deliberately didn't tell him so he could have plausible deniability and say, I didn't know. Either way, that deception to try to influence the election is really corrupt. It's corrupt on a level that he will now have to be held accountable for if this prosecutor goes somewhere. Let's talk about the job of the special prosecutor quickly. And, and, and by the way, I will say, look, we're seeing this week, we're seeing suddenly reporters asking real questions at that the White House asked. press briefing. We're seeing, and not just reporters from Fox, we're seeing CBS, like, like suddenly... The corporate media, it's it's gotten bad enough that they're being forced to do their jobs. Or, That's an important development. Or is it that the useful idiot is no longer useful? That and, may they, be. and they're saying, we really don't want yeah. him to run. Democrats clearly were kind of hoping that if there was a bloodbath in the midterms and the Senate was lost and the House was lost, that they would then say, all right, we need a new leader, right? Don't run for re-election. That's a very Then it point. was very clear they were like, well, all right, we got to stick with him now because they still have the Senate. This could be their moment where they say, all right, let's take our hand off of him and this may be our way to get rid of him. It, and I wonder if the Democratic Party's now kind of like, all right, we got through the midterms. We don't want to run him in 2024, we desperately want a new face. We got rid of Pelosi. We got Hakeem Jeffries. This is the makeover, maybe, and the easiest way to make that makeover happen. So maybe. Um, I will say if you're a hardcore partisan Democrat, this has been a really bad week. Yeah. Um, and if you're a hardcore partisan Democrat who is also a corporate media journalist, which they pretty much all are, you can go after Biden to try to say, OK, it's time to ride off into the sunset. We want the, the next generation of Democrats to run. But that's a dangerous game. 
look, if 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 your president resigns in disgrace or doesn't run in disgrace because they're tarred by scandal, because they're facing criminal prosecution, that ain't good. Yeah. It doesn't set well with the, the next guy up for success. Well to win. And, you know, by the way, all of this is on top of this week. What happened? Well, this week the FAA screwed up and halted all flights for several hours. First time since, since September 11th. Every flight that's been ever happened. Oh, but we got good data points from that. Mayor Pete, do we, we, I'll play this. Mayor Pete this week said, we got some really good data out of this. Like, this is good news. We're going to be able to overcome this. Take a look. Now that uh, the system is up and running, our primary focus is to determine that root cause. And I've directed FAA to figure out uh, exactly how this happened, uh, the timeline piece by piece about uh, what was known overnight uh, going into uh, last night and then coming out of it. So uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption. And we won't ever allow them to lead to a safety problem. Can you promise that? I don't think so. Like, we won't ever let this happen again, but we don't know what happened, and we got some good data points. It's almost like being a small-town mayor is not really qualifications to run a major cabinet agency. When you know nothing about the industry. Look, you look at, at, at Buttigieg's tenure. His first year in office, we had a major supply chain crisis, which most people hadn't even focused on what the heck a supply chain was right. until the Biden administration screwed it up. In the middle of the biggest crisis the Transportation Department has ever seen, Pete Buttigieg was on paternity leave and he wasn't at the office. Then we saw just a couple of months ago we were on the verge of a massive and major rail strike, again, because the Biden administration had screwed it up. And now, oops, the FAA is not able to keep planes in the air safely. And by the way, the Biden administration two years in does not have an FAA administrator in place. They nominated the guy who runs the Denver airport, who has no experience with issues dealing with with safety and and aviation. Look, run it running an airport is totally different. It, it, and by the way, he has major scandal issues, which is part of why the Democrats in the Senate haven't moved him forward and confirmed him because it's not clear he has the votes to be confirmed. So two years into it, they don't have a head of the FAA. That's a problem. It's a competence problem. Oh, and by the way, in the middle of all of this, they also tossed out a trial balloon. Let, let's ban all gas stoves. Yeah, out of, that was just some random thing, an issue that came out there like, we don't want you cooking on gas anymore. Like, what in the hell? Like, this has been one of those weeks. It's like, okay, you guys. Uh, You're coming up with some insane things, and it's all virtue signaling. Can't, can't wait to see what happens next week. All right, as we wrap up, I want to do something just interesting. As I was on my phone and I was looking at, at uh, different, uh, doing research for this show. I stumbled across an article in, in Britannica that I just thought was interesting, which is the Secret Service code names for U.S. presidents. And I, I didn't know, th- know this. So, starting with JFK. JFK's code name. I have no idea. Lancer. I got to right. figure that one out. Richard Nixon. Searchlight. <laughs> that actually makes sense. Watergate. I get that one. Gerald Ford. Passkey. I don't get that one. I don't know what that means. Jimmy Carter. You're going to like this one. Deacon. 
That's actually pretty good. That's like, for him, that makes a lot of sense. Ronald Reagan. He's got it's gotta be a good one. It better be a good one because it's Reagan. Rawhide. That totally makes sense. That's just awesome. George Herbert Walker Bush. 41. Timberwolf. I'm curious on that one. Does that go back to CIA days? I don't know. I don't know the history. Yeah. Bill Clinton. I've got a lot, but I'm sure I'm going to be wrong on all of them. Horn dog. Okay, perfect. God, I knew I was right. <laughs> no, no, okay. That, 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 that's not right. That, that's fake news. <laughs> okay. It was actually Eagle. Bush 43. Yep. Trailblazer. I like that one. Obama. I have a feeling they're going to up his ante just because it was Obama. Renegade. There you go. Trump. This one is probably, I would assume, bad, but maybe they gave him something decent at the beginning of his administration. Mogul. That's totally accurate. And Joe Biden. Document. <laughs> Celtic. Celt- they should have at least gone with Corvette. I actually don't know if it's Celtic or Celtic, but it's spelled Celtic. One of the two. I, it's, maybe he's a Boston fan in Delaware. Who I, knows? Y- y- you know, he's leaning in on the Irish. So that's not particularly relevant to, to the pod today. I just saw that and, and thought it was interesting, and I figured the folks listening to the pod would, I, too. I like it. Always bringing up the fun stuff like that. Senator, this is going to be a big story. We're going to be covering it. We'll have another pod come out on Monday. Don't forget, if you have not hit that subscribe or auto-download button, if, especially if you're watching the video version, we have two audio versions that come out every week, so make sure that you download or subscribe. It's free. You'll get all three episodes in the audio form. We do this one, obviously, once a week, video and audio, so if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, make sure you listen to our other episodes, and we will see you back here for the next Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz on Monday. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.